Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast, Bull Season Edition uh, Recap Part 1. Is that is that everything, Matt? Is that yep. the title? <laughs> That's a good enough title, I think. <laughs> Recap a couple bowl games. MWR.com. That's our website where people are apparently like our stuff. Not apparently. They do like our stuff. And I made some tweaks to the front page so you don't get annoying social pop-up, which I never knew was there. Did you know that was there, Matt? Uh, it shows up on occasion. Some people say it like every time it was showing Weird. up. So if that was an issue, because I know a few people like, I can't read the website. I'm like, going through. I removed that. So other stuff... Um, stuff appears but that annoyance right there is gone so hopefully that encourages you to come back or you know what you can do matt go to the sports wire app right and download that bad boy exactly that i don't think that pot that appears there and you can check out our stuff for the win college football news hoop type overwatch wire i believe is that one of those websites matt? that is still a thing yes is, is that still as popular as it ever been uh yeah i mean if you're <laughs> i mean the overwatch league is going into its second season i think next month if i'm not mistaken i've had the game i've only played a few times because i don't know why i should play it out of like <clears> a year but it's okay i play rock, a lot of rocket league i got um good old fallout 76 um a little mad in here and there fifa so i didn't make time for overwatch but uh, let's get to football college football here here's what we're doing here because we like to talk tangentially about whatever just enough also twitter mwc wire where we Give you everything and start pick pick little fights and throw rocks because it's fun. Mostly with UCF fans, but yeah. Oh, UCF fans. One already started again after recruiting because, oh no, Boise had the best recruiting class ever for a group of five team. More three-star recruits than ACC or these conferences. UCF, you guys suck. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's, just, it's just hilarious. So we're not getting to that. But we did have some signing day stuff where we kind of went low-key for the most part where you can check any – I believe I updated it correctly. Every recruits who signed, there's a tweet on the page of the, our main recruiting page. I know it's not one long, super long thread. I broke it up by pages at the bottom so you can click on a team. So you're welcome because load time would crush your phone or computer if I had 200 tweets on the front page. So <laughs> That's true. So I, I helped out there. So check that out if you want to see who your team uh, signed, and there will be more coming up. But let's get to game. So let's go to the Wayback Machine because we are doing this Thursday – December 20th? Is that right? Is that... Uh, yeah. No, it's the 15th. No, I mean, our today recording date. Oh, I thought we were talking about games that took place on the 15th. But yes, it is the 20th today. So if that, if that not that it really matters to anybody, because you may be listening to us on Christmas Eve. And if that's the case, thank you. Um, so yeah, we're going to re- review the Utah State North Texas game, Arizona State Fresno State game, and then the, I guess we have to, Ohio San Diego State game. Aztecs screwing up the league. Uh, but let's go to Utah State North Texas. Um, we were all completely wrong because Utah State did Utah State things and won 52, 52 to 13, Matt. Yes, that uh, <laughs> that New Mexico Bowl was uh, really something to watch depending on you know which fan base you were a part of. Matt, did you know how many do you know how many head, co- head not, excuse me, full-time coaches run the sideline for Utah State in this game? I do not. Do you know how many coaches teams can normally have on a team, on a staff? Uh, isn't it like 11? Uh, I believe it's, well, it might be 10. 10, 10, 10 or 11. 10 or 11. They had four. That's impressive. Four 
guys who are on staff full time. They did make adjustments like GAs or guys covering multiple positions, but for full full time coaches, there were four. One was David Yost, who was on his way out to Texas Tech, and that was brought up a lot during the game. And so, but it didn't matter. They won fifty two to thirteen, doing seventy yard passing plays, uh, sixty seven yard passing plays. Gerald Bright, Darren Thompson had about two hundred yards combined. And Jordan. Yeah, we haven't seen a murder like that in New Mexico since Emilio on Breaking Bad. Oh, is that the worst one you think on Breaking Bad, Emilio? Well, that's the guy that got dissolved in the bathtub with the oh. hydrochloric acid. That's true. That one's pretty bad. Also, the guy that's head on the turtle. That's true. That's a good. He now does. Um, does he still do sling commercials? <laughs> uh, well, I, well, you talk about Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo. Yeah. I know he does amazing tacos and donuts in L.A. Oh, man. I got to check that out. Um, that's true as well. But you're correct. That's a good reference. I think Amelia, I'm like, I've seen Breaking Bad. I forget the names. But, no, that's a that's a brutal one. But it was – here's the thing. Jordan Love threw for 359. Was still under 50% passing. <laughs> <laughs> 21 of 43. And Aggie's like – here's the thing. We figured – okay, you, North Texas, they did lose Mason Fine in the first quarter essentially. Well, not essentially. They did. To a hamstring injury, he tried to come back in. They us hope cross my fingers for the quarterback map, but they'll had four guys come in. Yeah, I mean, and that's really kind of the story of the game. When you look at the first quarter versus everything else, you could see that it was pretty competitive. Uh, it was only fourteen to seven, and even though Utah State owned an advantage as far as total yards, one hundred and thirty-seven to seventy-nine. Let's not forget that they what was it Jordan Love threw his lone interception right there at the end of the first quarter, right? It was after that weird. Um... Who got the pick? It was um, Darwin Thompson, right? Or not Thompson. Um, um, there was a weird fumble. Dar- uh, Woodward, sorry. I'm getting all these names mixed up. David Woodward, where the ball kind of bounced off a guy, he caught it. Then they go mm-hmm. deep on the next play, pick in the end zone. So so it was like in that first quarter, they were still kind of feeling each other out a little bit because mm-hmm. even though North Texas had two three and outs, they were able to force one for Utah State as well. And then as soon as they lost fine, the floodgates kind of opened up in that second quarter. Because if you look at the total yardage in that, 222 to 33. And they also don't trust – and they, for some reason um, – or not that's in the quarter, but they uh, – I hate ESPN's drive chart. Why do I look at that, Matt? Why do we ever look at that? Because, that's a good question. Well, I just have it. I'm going through – I'm like, oh, why do they have turnover on downs? Why do they go for it on their own 22? No, they break it up as not the tangent, but I am going to. It goes down on three plays. I'm like, that's weird. The reason it says down is because end of quarter, so they have zero plays and a punt as mm-hmm. their first play in the second quarter. I'm like, what are you doing? Whatever. But your point is accurate. Where without Mason Fine, who is just back to back conference USA Player of the Year and a very good quarterback, he when he went out, that was like poof team. And it, also the defense too. It's not just Fine going out. Their defense did good in the first quarter. North Texas, absolutely, yeah. But twenty four. Straight points in that second quarter where there is an interception, a touch, like two interceptions actually. Only one led to points, but it is a bit offense, but the defense couldn't do anything either. And so we can't really blame that on him, Mason Fine, being out of the game. No, I mean, you're definitely right about that because on a per play basis, they only averaged 4.2 yards per play. That's a credit to Utah State's defense, which was coming up big with you know, big time plays just like they have all year long. Well, and Tippo is out the first half because the targeting against Boise State too, so they didn't even have him. Mm-hmm. So there, there's that going on. But like, watch the game. It, it seemed like Utah State kind of cruised once that fourth quarter, third, midway through the third quarter, came around because yeah, there is a point where North Texas sort of tried to make it interesting, and you thought it could be because it's thirty-eight to seven at the half. Utah State does 
13 plays and oh they make a field goal again yeah they ended with the field goal sorry end of half is if again espn just says end of half i'm pissed for me looking at this website never again <sighs> never again because i'm like what's the deal with this but they get that they bring in the quarterback um who they bring in dominate not dominic Gilbert, but K, um the martin pass 75 yards okay 38 13 is not a big deal matt but when they come out and strike on play one mm-hmm. like okay and then utah state gives up the ball again on turnover on downs like okay maybe this will be interesting no Defense came in. It's like, yeah, we got you. We're cool. No, you, North Texas just slow down. We'll get another interception. We'll force uh, downs. We'll force you to punt. And they just kind of cruised. They didn't get to like 70 or 80, which would have been cool. But it was just a – we're up big. And they just kind of cruised and scored two second half touchdowns to basically say, we got this. North Texas, we got this. Yeah, I mean, other than that, that touchdown drive to open up the second half, they didn't really give up any big – chunks of yardage at all like they had a 37 yard run also late in the third quarter mm-hmm. but do you want to guess how many they only had the one chunk play through the yard through the air excuse me of more than 15 yards that 75 yarder that 70 that was it mm, dang well i even if mason fine stayed in the game i don't think north texas would have won but i gotta say it would have been closer because it could it probably could have been maybe more of a shootout type game like maybe 40 to 30, 40, 70 combined points or something. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't like he was doing great his first possession or two. He's in the game, but it's a good one for Utah State. They get to 11 wins for the first time since, oh, you know, Gary Anderson was head coach at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah, the 11 and 2, they're going to be ranked probably for the first time since end of the season since I think that same 2012 season. And congratulations, Utah State, right? I think they're in pretty good shape going forward. They are. We'll get all that stuff. The only concern, they lose a bunch of offensive linemen, which is a big deal. Um, but they'll be okay. I still, I'm going to, did you, did you listen to, um, what the, uh, podcast they play nobody where they talk about Utah state hiring? Uh, I can't remember if I got to that one yet or not. I don't think I have basically angry message borders with money. Oh yeah. I did hear about that. Cause they were talking about, um, this hire. yeah, they were talking about Utah state. Yeah. I know we discussed it before, but it's completely accurate. And any Utah State fan who says Gary Anderson is the best move, you're lying to yourself. Well, I made the joke that it worked for Fresno. I, it could. Like, it's my, it's my same thing. It might work perfectly fine where this might be the best hire, but there were some big names well, should, on this job. So Should we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, we can do that for a second. Yeah, we got time. Because I think that one thing you have to consider is not only the co- the head coaching hire, and, and in retrospect, this is – when I wrote my my article about Jeff Tedford a couple of years ago, one thing I didn't really think about was the hires that he brought in afterwards. And I think that if you look at the guys that Utah State had been bringing in in the last few days, you should feel pretty good. You know, they were able to keep Frank Mail mm-hmm. in. He's moving over to the offensive side. He's going to be an assistant head coach. They were able to bring in Boje uh, Filiomatu. Uh, from San Jose Phil- State. Philomoiatu, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I missed an E in there. And, you know, he's done a really good job with the Spartans' linebackers in the last couple of years. Yeah, Frank Ginda, ever heard of him? He's pretty good. That's true. Well, and not only that, but, you know, they've been very quietly, like, pretty solid this year. Yeah, not necessarily spectacular. So I think the staff that he's putting together has a lot of promise, has a lot of upside. And when you consider that, you know, even though they're, they're going to have more questions about you know, people to replace going into 2019. They've got a lot coming back too. 
And I think that, you know, when you combine that coaching staff with a lot of upside with, you know, enough pieces to remain in the conversation as a contender going into next year, that the Anderson hire looks a little better when you consider the entire context, at least from my point of view. Sort of. One thing I don't like is that he's bringing a bunch of his buddies back too from Oregon State and Wisconsin, which is fine because he's great Wisconsin. I just, the main point of listen. well, I'll get back to that in a minute, but they do bring in Mike Sanford, who's going to be the OC, who was at Stanford, Notre Dame, Western Kentucky head coach, Boise State for a year, I believe. And I think that that's a good hire. Yeah, yeah, he's a good recruiter, and he did... He made Notre Dame defense pretty good, which shouldn't be too hard because the talent they have. There, I just don't have questions. It's again, it's like how the process went down. It's like people who had money wanted this guy to be the head coach. Why mm. do you? Because here's my reason behind it. They, people can say I'm wrong or not, but it's not the case. You bring in a search firm. You have a new athletic director, a new president, but you go back with somebody who's who has no ties to anybody in charge at the moment. Why do you spend money on a national search firm and have new higher ups to bring back a guy who has no connections? Because somebody who booster who puts in money wanted wanted this guy back. It makes no other sense as to why he'd be the head coach. I, his credentials are fine. He's there at the program, so he knows what it takes to win. But if you look at everything around, the only common denominator is people who put money into the program, not the administrative, not this or that, none of the players because it's been long enough. It's just the people who are longtime boosters who have cash, mm-hmm. and they really put their foot down because again. The AD Hartwell, a great hire with their basketball coach, Craig Smith. Utah State's basketball is doing really good this year. He won't, This is not the hire he was going to make because he wants his own guy to come in. And Aaron Anderson could have very well been the guy, but when there's all this outside influence saying, you're going to bring this guy in, it's pretty clear that people got their way. And it may be great. It may be the same thing with Tedford, but you can't have that within a program. So I'll say that. And if you fans argue with me, you can do that, but the facts are pretty clear. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. we'll have to wait and see how things shake out. We have to, but again, like you said he bring in Sanford come in. He brings in like guys like Stacey Collins is coming in, specialty coordinator, running back coach. Mike Caputo is at LSU for GA, playing I think NFL for a year or so. So it'd probably be fine. It's just I'm just saying like the way it went down, it's simpler simpler slope. If your new AD can't bring in their own coach, mm-hmm. all right. So we get to the next game. Yeah, let's do your it. game. You're in per- live in person for this game. I was. So, important question. What did they feed you before the game? Anything good? Well, I got there like right beforehand. Um, what I can tell you, though, is I know that a few of you on, on Twitter were telling me I needed to get raising Canes before yes. I left town. Did you do that? I did get some leftover raising Canes before I left. Was it still good, though? I can, I can see where the hype comes from. I mean, the, the, the chicken fingers by the time I got them were super cold. Yeah, that's... I. But the, but the sauce is really good. I will I will say okay. that. I get it. You're in Vegas. There's a lot of different food type options. But man, like I had my wife. She went down there a while ago. I'm like, hey, I'm serious about this. Drive back. She drove six hours. Bring it back to me. I heated up in the oven. Great. Perfect. But at least you got to try a sort of it. But it's really, really good. Yeah. Um. So this game, 31-20. Could have been a lot worse in favor of Arizona State because, man, that third quarter was brutal for Fresno State on offense. So bad. <laughs> To me, it wasn't necessarily the third quarter as much as it was the second quarter. Well, what's the difference in the second quarter? Oh, by the way, Fresno did win 31-20, so let's start with that. Well, <laughs> to me, the whole game turned on what would ultimately be Arizona State's only drive of the second quarter. And they, they, they got the ball back with about eight minutes to go. They took seven minutes off the clock, 17 plays, 72 yards, 
And was this army up there? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. You know, one of the the things that Arizona State had a lot of success with in that first half was Eno Benjamin, and that mm-hmm. obviously was that was the one guy I think that they were going to have to stop. But in that first half, he was doing a lot of damage on the ground. He ended up with 118 yards on the day, but most of that came before halftime in between him and Brandon Ayuk, who led the team with nine catches and 61 yards. Wilkins didn't really have a lot of success spreading the ball around, but those two guys were doing more than enough to really keep the defense on its heels. And, it was that drive where they got down to the Fresno State two-yard line with less than a minute to go. And the defense was making plays. It was first, second, third down. So they have mm-hmm. fourth down, fourth and goal at the two-yard line. NFL Herm comes out. <laughs> NFL Herm comes out. And I was thinking that you're probably not going to get that many opportunities to drive down the field against this defense. They settle for the field goal. They go into halftime tied at 17-17, and they don't cross the. They've crossed the Fresno State forty just two more times the rest of the way. I get like the point. I think because that's what they mentioned on the broadcast. Like because they're going to go for two timeout. They decide not to. It's a smart move because they got the ball. They figured okay, we've had success moving the ball. We get the ball back in the third quarter. Let's just take points to tie it and go from there. And they're thinking okay, we could probably score again. Like going for the touchdown. Obviously, looking back would have been the better move, but they were stopped at the first first and goal at the eight. But they did get for fourth and one earlier on that same drive a couple of plays before. So getting a field goal, I joke, NFL Herm, just NFL coaches do, is just take any points we can get. But when they were thinking about it, they get the ball back, it's a smart move. But you're right, like, maybe, maybe they should have. But, like, they go punt, punt. They get another field goal after the interception there. And they couldn't do much beyond that. But the third quarter, the reason I think that's kind of crazy because those three turnovers mm-hmm. on offensive side, clearly, because defense – Stop them. They only had what the three points in that third quarter. Yeah, yeah. just out for one field goal. But he had this the interception. They they gave up, which is bad. They had the fumble in the end zone, which hate that rule. But yeah, it, it and that and that was a beautiful play too. It was it, to that, Deontay O'Neill, like the misdirection screen. Oh, whatever you want to call it? Oh yeah. Or, or it, it seemed like it was like a counter screen. Almost. Kind of, yeah, they did the step back. Oh, we didn't even mention that in the Utah State game. They had almost identical type of plays. They uh-huh. stop and cut back and go up for a huge chunk of plays. But they get the one touchdown, and that this game could have been two ways. Utah, um, Fresno State scores that touchdown instead of the ball going through the end zone, another touchdown. Or Arizona State takes advantage of being plus three in the quarter, but they are still losing seven to three. Mm-hmm. I felt the difference was I don't know why it took so long for Fresno State to realize, let's just hand the ball off. We don't need to throw as much of McMarron because it clearly wasn't working as effectively as handing the ball off to Ronnie Rivers or Hokin or whoever back there getting lots of ground game. And so once they kind of figure that out, they started being more productive, I felt. No, I mean, I think that's a fair point because especially early on, I think it was on that first drive where McMarion had Keyshawn Johnson with a step mm-hmm. on the on the defender for six points and he just overthrew him. And that was something that happened a few times in the game where – they just weren't able to connect on those deep shots in the same way that they had been in most weeks throughout the regular season. And once they really decided to assert themselves on the ground, you know, you could see the difference in the first half. They were averaging about 5.3 yards per carry, but they only ran the ball 15 times after halftime. They ran it 20 times, but they averaged almost nine. They averaged about nine yards per carry. 
and that was really when Ronnie Rivers took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a like, and that, there's nobody making excuses for Henry not playing there for Arizona State, but you know Benjamin, they made adjustments second half because even with the way Arizona State could have made plays, like with the opportunities, like you said, Benjamin had what? What do you have in the first half again? He had one eighteen for the day. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know what he had in okay. the first half. But he wasn't as effective, but Rivers had 212, two touchdowns. So I don't know why I mentioned Hoke it. I just have it, I guess. I don't know. But whatever. <laughs> Rivers is doing great. Uh, but there was, like, Arizona State, like, just a pretty good game. It's 31 20. It's close back and forth. A lot of heartbreak for what was going on both ways. But it's a, even though the ratings weren't great for this game, I still thought it was a pretty good game overall. Fun one to watch because a lot of drama going on with, oh, crap, ball goes to the end zone. Oh, another interception. Another interception. But Arizona State does nothing with it. By the way, Benjamin had 72 yards in the first half. Okay, so what's up, 40-something in the second half? Not much. Yeah, and and that was, you know, it wasn't only that. It was the fact that they were they were moving the ball, but they were moving the ball in big plays, too. You know, they were 6 of 7 on their first third downs. And then ap- basically after, I don't know, I, I don't know if you would call it like in the first quarter and then everything after that that drive in the second quarter you know they were six of seven to start with and then they converted just one two more the rest of the way they ended up eight of 18 on the day mm-hmm. so that's why i'm thinking they should have taken the chance at the lead when they had it yeah that's the point it's like you're that close you have one of the best running backs in the country yeah fresno state's defense is good but go for it because here's the thing too it Odds of Fresno State going 97, 98, 99 yards with, there was what, under a minute left, I believe? Not much time, mm-hmm. right? Very few seconds on the clock. You still get the ball back, and you're only down three if you don't get it. Yeah. But still, maybe the game plays out exactly the same, and you lose 31-17. But you would think with your running back you have on there, and even Wilkins, who's able to run, maybe do like an or option or some some sort. Like, look what Fresno did against Boise, something like that, where that's a play Arizona State can run. Mm-hmm. Just give an option to do it, but... They is like I said, it's not kidding. Like that's what NFL teams do. We'll we'll score points and then we'll get the ball back. College, like look at um, you're not what's his name from the Chargers? Anthony Linehan is going for two against the Chiefs. You, that's different. Come on, you're the old NFL coach 15 years ago. Get some points. Get a touchdown. You're two yards away. Punch it in against a really good defense. You're not gonna like I said. Those chances aren't gonna happen all that often against a de- probably. This is what their second or third best defense they faced all year outside of what Utah, who they beat. And then, I don't know, Washington, they didn't beat. So, a couple, this is one of the top defenses they played. You don't have many chances to go ahead and just beat, get points when you're that close. So I, was only, a little, I was a little surprised that they didn't do play action more often. Yeah, that could have worked too. It's like when you have that running back, it's like. Because they had just one play of over 15 yards through the air. And I really thought that that was a big difference in the game, especially once the secondary started clamping down on, on Arizona State's receivers and the front seven started bottling up Benjamin. You know, there was the the pick six in the first quarter, obviously, that yeah. Tank Kelly had uh, for the to open the scoring, basically. Mm-hmm. But in the second half, Manny Wilkins just didn't have the same kind of success he was having in the first half. I'm trying to look up what he did after halftime. He was only 5 of 13 in the yeah. second half. So both- it wasn't just the fact that they were able to contain Benjamin. It's that they didn't really allow Arizona State to open it up ever. Yeah, either. It, it doesn't help not having Henry there. But still, it's like, great, you have that great running back. That's where you think play action could be even more valuable, where they're, Fresno's probably doing, or they did, like single coverage on anybody. They're not really shadowing or playing any sort of zone back there in the secondary. Mm-hmm. So why not go play action, get guys one-on-one? Because 
like they had a couple of things. Like I guess that Brandon A. Alex, excuse me, was the only guy. But play action when there's not a, a key, a huge target receiver. That's maybe that's not what they do. I haven't seen Arizona State enough to know if they do that a ton. I remember watching Utah game where I don't think they did a ton of, ton of play action either. But that would have been something you'd add in when you don't have your top receiver in the game. I think this might have been one of the team's best defensive performances of the year, not only for the fact that they were having to deal with uh, the, the rash of turnovers in the, in the second half, mm-hmm. but there was also the, you know, one of the things we talked about in the, in the preview was trying to pin Arizona state back. And if you recall, that wasn't really what they were trying to do. They were just trying to keep the ball out of Brandon Ike's hands as a returner. Mm-hmm. And, so the field position ended up being really even overall on average, both teams started at their own 34 yard line. So I think it's a credit to Burt Watts and everybody else on, on the coaching staff on that side of the ball, that they were really able to keep things in check, especially after halftime. Yeah, no, that's exactly true. So we got Fresno state. They are 12 and two. Is this their mm-hmm. most, most wins ever, correct? That's program record. Yeah. Program record. 12 wins. Uh, they, uh, so not to look forward to next year, but they have a, next year could be a few issues, right? New quarterback. Um, depends what Jeff Allison does. Is he going to go pro? Defense should be okay though, right? The but, defense is bringing a lot back. Offense, Keyshawn Johnson, like I mentioned, they got Ronnie Rivers. So new quarterback, new top receiver will be priority, right? I think they'll be in good hands though. Okay. I'm saying Keyshawn Johnson, man, 50 straight catches, 52 straight catches. Mm-hmm. That's all right. That's good. We'll talk about that. We'll have our super stupid early preview in January or something to do this stuff. But let's get to the uh, – so far the uh, – wish I had my trombone sound effect or something because San Diego State, zero. Ohio, the fight in Ohio, Bob, Bobcats out of the MAC, 27. Frisco Bowl, more like Frisno. Oh, Frisno fans in the crowd too? I don't no, know. I'm just saying <laughs> Uh, it it was awful. I I watched. I was working, and so I watched most of this game. There was some precipitation, so there's some rain. But um, I like your one of your tweets, Matt. Um, why is Ryan, Ryan Agnew still get seen playing time with this for this team? Why is he on the field? I don't know. This okay. Juwan Washington did fine. The first half they were shut out, did nothing. Washington ended up with 129, but he had long of 44, which was a pretty nice play. No touchdowns. They. Holding Ohio to 27 points is a pretty good feat because they usually score about 40-plus a game. Like, mm-hmm. Nathan Nork was only 10-22, to 22, the Bobcats QB, not throwing the ball downfield. They did get beat up by A.J. Littlewet, who had 164, but the backup – or not backup, she broke had two scoring touchdowns on the ground. Mm-hmm. But they could do nothing. Like, there were plays like – is San Diego State known to do even misdirection plays all that often? Well, I mean, they run counters and stuff like that. Not like they did last night. And they run a lot of play action. They were doing like an end around that got fumbled. It was wet and rainy. You see like a, a handoff end around that got fumbled, turnover. They're losing the ball. They're getting sacked. They're doing not just misdirection, but it was like, let's do a counter with the guard pulling where it's an awkward handoff in the rain when you have two different guys handing the ball off because you're playing two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like they're the way they're running the ball wasn't what they normally do. Which is odd. Like, maybe I missed a few things throughout the year, but there's a couple of these running plays that just looked took too long to develop, and Ohio just got to them. And mm-hmm. they did nothing. Like, Chapman was one of two, eight yards. Agnew had a pick. They could not move the ball to save their lives. And so, 
San Diego State has lost four in a row, five of the last six games. And then Twitter pulled up, how the heck they beat Boise State? I don't know. <laughs> Turnovers and really good defense. Yeah, and they were. I mean, I, I feel kind of I feel for that defense, man, because it's not like you know they they did give up more chunk plays than I think we're accustomed to seeing. Because let's not forget on on the year they were number one in the Mountain West as far as ten yard plus plays allowed. Mm-hmm. But that was really one of the big play one of the big stories of this game is they gave up a total of 14 chunk plays both through the air and on the ground so i mean they were maybe they were it's just one of those things where when the offense isn't doing anything the defense is really only going to be able to hold out for so long and i think that really kind of bore itself out in this game yeah it was like i don't even remember the last time they've been shut out do you off the top of my head i do not know no. I would pull up the San Diego Union Tribune to look, but apparently I've reached my three free articles or whatever it may be. <laughs> well, that's why you got to use the incognito talk. I know. Man. That's what I'm doing right now. I didn't know I I got there. Or pockets.co. Save stuff there. You can read it all. So, oh, interesting. Now, you, okay. Not that this matters, but I, 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 I do incognito all the time. Pop up. You are using browser set to private or incognito. Only subscribers can read this article in this mode. Are you freaking kidding me? Oh, lame. I do that with the Salt Lake Tribune all the time. I'm like, oh, I reach my 10 articles, which only happens occasionally. Okay, I'm going to live troubleshoot this and go to Pocket. Do you ever use Pocket, Matt? Uh, no, I don't. So this also helps with articles where if it's a paywall, not a login, but like a um, paywall essentially. Mm-hmm. Let's see if this works here. Ah, perfect. Okay, good. Go to Pocket.com. I can read the full article here. I was going to pull up. So that's a little workaround if you don't want to pay to read every subscription website out there for newspapers, which – I get it. You got to do it, but sometimes I need to read the next one. Okay, to, so to answer your question, <laughs> I actually went to Sports Reference. The last, time they, the last time they got shut out get, was on... Wait, 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 wait. Let me guess. Hold on. Okay. Uh, last time they shut out. Uh, I'm going to guess it's probably when... Was Chuck Long their head coach? Can you give me that clue? I... Or do you not know that? <laughs> I'll have to, I'd have to open up a couple more tabs. Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought I'd be give the coach right there. Um, I'll say 2005. Pretty close, actually. 2004, you uh, shut him out. <laughs> 2006. Okay. Uh, and yes, Chuck Long was the head coach. Naturally. <laughs> uh, it was a, a ooh, 52 to nothing oh. against TCU. TCU. Oh, on, okay. on November 18th. Oh, man. Okay. So, oh, it's right here in front of me, too. I'm, I'm randomly highlighted stuff on my page. TCU beat the Aztecs 52 to zero. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I am. On fire today. I just happened to have the page kind of like kind of just growing through. I didn't get to it yet, but fifty-two. Oh, this is twenty-seven. Oh, at least at least they had more than eighty-seven yards of total offense in this game. Do you want to guess the fan attendance number for this game? Uh, are we talking about the official fan attendance or the? Um, I just have your estimated attendance. I'm guessing in the, they're not going to pull the Mexico Bowl who took tight shots and claimed twenty-five thousand were there. Well, the official attendance is 11,029. <laughs> no. No. About 3,000 showed up in the rain in Toyota Stadium, which were there will be a sellout when North Dakota State plays whoever in the uh, FCS title game in like two weeks. So I believe that. Yeah, North Dakota State, pretty good. So 3,000 people there. It, it was just a – they couldn't stop the running game. And also, there should be noted, like, um, a couple guys in the offensive line were out. And um, – Defensive line was I think Noble Hall, was Noble Hall who was out as well I believe he didn't play in this game. I so, believe so. Yeah, that's right, defensive line. So they missed guys in the line, so that was an issue there. So 
I don't know what to say. They couldn't do anything, and it's like the worst performance in a long time, like years. Like San Diego State has never been this bad since Chuck Long has been their coach, essentially, <laughs> or before Ryan Nunley got good with them when they had a Brady Hoke. Well, I mean, it was it's basically a story of the offensive inefficiencies catching up to them. It was one of those. I mean, they can't play one score games forever. No, that's true. That's right. That's a that's something to take in. And it just it just leads me to believe that they need to find a solution at quarterback going into the next year, because Chapman is graduating. Agnew's back, right? I think we're pretty sure Agnew ain't it. So they'd better hope that Neil Bordreau or Mark Salazar or even one of the true freshmen that they brought in, like Jeff Green, if one of those guys can step up and at least make the job a serious competition in fall camp and in the spring, I think that's basically the only thing holding them back because they have a lot of pieces coming back on the defensive side. They have Juwan Washington presumably coming back for his senior year. They've got, you know, Guys behind him, like Chance Bell and and Caden Williams, who are... Chase Jasmine, too, right? And Chase Jasmine. So they've got guys in the backfield who should step up and keep the running game as solid as ever. Lines back, too, is pretty young as well, remember? Yeah. I know um, Romare's off the team and declare for the NFL draft, but they're still bringing, I think, most of those guys back. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence, for instance. I went went and looked back because I was curious as to the last time the San Diego State was this inefficient with its passing game. And it basically goes back to 2014, where, coincidentally enough, they finished 7-6. and six, And that was when Quinn Kaler, in his senior year, only had nine touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and a passer rating of 115.93. So I think they just need to be able to find someone who can take care of the football, who can be a little bit better than 50-50 as far as any time he wants to throw it up. Because... I think we've seen when the passing game works, it's you know it's run, run, lots of play action down the field, things like that. But they didn't have it working in this game. I think their longest pass was only 30 yards. If they can figure that out, they just need to find someone under center in order to do it. All right. So they, um, as a because signing day was just the first signing day, so they send a the quarterback. I believe this is the quarterback, Joe Green. Yeah. Um. Great, two-star guy, whatever, fine. Um, no quarterbacks want to come to San Diego State. Do you want to know what his other offers were? Uh, I, if I remember correctly, he decommitted from Harvard to go to San Diego State, right? Yeah, he, uh, Harvard, Ivy League schools, Harvard, Columbia, Florida International, and Georgetown. So a couple of smart schools in FIU, only two FBS offers. Harvard's got a pretty good team, though, don't they? They're not bad, but again, it's FCS to FBS. And if you age age, you get to go to Harvard – yeah, probably should take it. I'm just saying, for the most part, right? If well, whatever. We don't really get that. But Columbia, like he has some. He's a smart guy, so that's that's good. But went the guy who I thought they. I don't know how hard they went after, but they had the guy from University of Utah who transferred Jack Tuttle, ended up going to Indiana. It's like how could they not try to lure him somehow? He's a highly recruited guy, so maybe he didn't want to go there. But he goes to freaking Indiana. Hey, mm-hmm. how hard is it to compete with San Diego and Bloomington? I get Big Ten, but Indiana's nothing. It's like, what are you doing? He could he could have walked in and started right away, close to his home, and for a team that's probably gonna be pretty good. And so that's the only quarterback they signed. So, did you happen to read? This leads me into the uh, union. That's all we're, we're done talking about the game. It was awful. There's no more to say about it. So, so we're moving on eventually. Sorry, Aztec fans, but that's the deal. Did you read in the Union Tribune about somebody kind of half jokingly, "Hey, bring the triple option to San Diego State"? 
I mean, I don't see why not. Because Rocky Log is like, it's not going to happen. But he's like, well, it's something he did in New Mexico years ago before he. I mean, they were running a little bit of zone read with with Agnew in the backfield, and it worked. Yeah, but every Agnew, so often he's not a triple option quarterback. I oh, know. I'm just saying. It's I, I I know the person's half kidding, but it's like they're looking for. I know what the deal is. They're looking for stuff. It's ball week. What can we talk about? We're playing an Ohio team who realistically big picture nobody cares too much about even though they're a pretty good team in the mac let's find a different angle oh he did this maybe we should go to this team or this system because quarterback hasn't been good in years since ryan lindley was in the nfl and Mm -hmm. even him he kind of fell off that last year where he was a first round projected pick i believe and they kind of just dropped but it's still draft nfl hung around they have no receivers to speak of typically they don't have a tight end this year so it's like it kind of could make sense I mean, and there's nothing that says that they can't bring in another quarterback after the early signing day period. Uh, Correct. What is it, January or February? Uh, I, I think which. the first Tuesday in February, I believe. First, first Tuesday in February, yeah. yeah. But when's the last time they ha- but here's the thing. When's the last time they had a good quarterback to say, hey, come here and play quarterback? That's why I felt Jack Tuttle, who transferred from Utah, was upset because he wasn't playing. And had he stuck around like another week and a half, he would have been the starter for the second half of the year when uh, Taylor Huntley goes down with the broken clavicle. And mm. so if he wants to go to play, I get it's a Big Ten school, but what's Indiana going to be, bull, a bull team at best? He could have come to San Diego and been the guy who – and take over and start from day one after the sitting period for transfer. So mm. I don't know what their deal was if they didn't try, or I don't know if he was recruited last. I'm pretty sure he at least was reached out to as a high school kid, but – why would you want to come here? It's like, yeah, they can send another quarterback, but when you when your philosophy is defense and run first, what quarterback wants to play to hand the ball off? It's like I remember Alex Smith came to University of Utah. His one of his teammates in San Diego was Reggie Bush. He just hand the ball off every single time <laughs> to Reggie Bush because why else? What else would you do? I think he also had somebody else at USC in his backfield as well, but he just mm-hmm. handed the ball off every time. So his like his senior highlight film was like almost every pass because he barely threw the ball. Well, I mean, I think it worked out pretty well for Christian Chapman. Yeah, he did fine. Like, he did fine, but I don't put the blame on him. Like, he turned out to be pretty good. Like, I know we kind of gave him some grief years ago, but he didn't turn the ball over. They weren't explosive. And when he needed a couple drives, like that one game a couple years ago, they had that huge 90-plus yard drive to against them in Laramie. He showed signs he could be good. He wasn't a guy. I'll still say it. If you have, need him to throw 30 times, you're not going to win. But if they can get a quarterback like him, that's fine because they don't need a guy who's going to – they need a guy who can make plays when they need to and just kind of control the ball and make nice plays. But if they could have got Tuttle somehow, that would have been a step up where they could have actually – and I'll still say it. If this team could actually throw the ball pretty good, they would probably be the best team year in, year out. But they just can't throw the ball well enough. Well, I think – It's true. Like, the receivers are awful. The guys can't catch. They don't throw enough. Like, I know it's not their thing, but – they still don't have playmakers who can catch the ball when it's third and 12. What are they going to do? Try to pass to nobody, run a draw play. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that sentiment. You know, especially with the way that someone like Fred Trevelyan played down the stretch. I think it's just a matter of sorting through the options that they're going to have coming back next year. Not only Salazar and Bordreau, but you know, they brought in a three-star guy last year in Carson Baker who redshirted this year. Maybe he gets a shot. And being part of the competition, Hopefully. so it's not like they—it's not like they haven't brought in solid recruits before. They just, you know, they need to find that guy who can be the next Christian Chapman if that's the kind of offense they want to run. Yeah, it's it's true. Like he, that's fine. They run the ball well. I just, 
I, they need to be more than just a running team. And this game was against Ohio was partly because they had inconsistent quarterback play. And they're and it's also going back and forth. Like, maybe they're prepping for the future like Chapman's done. But then why even play him if you're just going to play for next year in Agnew? Because he's started enough games where had he been, like, named a starter over Chapman, it's like I probably wouldn't have agreed with it. But I get it. Why? I get it because he's going to be back next year. Give him mm-hmm. meaningful, meaningful reps in this game and then halfway through the season, what she did. It's just, I want to see, like, I just want them to be a little bit better. They don't need to be great, but if they're above average passing the ball, do it because I still don't know who any wide receiver is unless I actually look at the roster for San Diego state. Nobody stands out. Well, I, I don't know. I don't, like I said, they've got pieces coming back. They just need to find the guy to be able to get them the ball. Cause you know, Tim Wilson's coming back. He was hurt down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Richardson showed some flashes down the stretch. And by the way, I think he ended up leading the team in receiving three targets, three catches, 58 yards. Mm-hmm. So it's not as though it's all about the running game. You know, the running game, play action, things like that. It's just a matter of finding that dude under center. I'm not ready to say that I'm out on San Diego State just yet. Well, I'm not but, either. But that, is un, but that is undoubtedly the biggest question that they're facing going into the offseason. Well, that's is, my that's my point too. Yeah, it's like they're going to be fine. They're going to be good, but give me a decent quarterback who can make plays. I guess we'll have to wait and see how that shakes out. And like, because I would like them to do more with Chapman, like like mentioned that Wyoming drive a couple years ago. I want to see that guy more often. Like they don't need mm. to throw the ball, but when they only limit him to fifteen attempts a game, maybe twenty attempts per game, it's I don't know. That's kind of my. Th- Everybody knows how I feel about Aztec QB. Like there's talent there, they'll be fine. This game was an anomaly because. Guys suspended, guys not in the team, switching quarterbacks, playing a pretty good Ohio team whose defense was better than it was, and then he turned the ball over and they get points. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that San Diego State next year could be kind of the same way that we're talking about, that we were talking about Utah State going into this year. Because, especially on offense, the only guy that they're losing besides Chapman is Trevelyan. Mm-hmm. Literally everybody else is coming back as far as – people at the skill positions and yeah. on the offensive line yeah romer's gone i think maybe one other i want to say maybe but the, yeah they bring the most back so take advantage of that because also this year could have been a mess uh, all those one position games whoo they could have been like four and eight yeah and i mean continuity matters it does and that and, injuries and that, i think too. is one of those that is one of those things that they will have going for them coming into next year we will see because they also start spring football probably in February. So we'll get an early look because they always do. That's true. Reason, yeah. So, all right. So what we're going to do now for the show, we're going to wrap this one up here. We're going to preview the other three bowl games on the next podcast. So we're not kind of jamming everything together. So as always, iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, anywhere you can find your fun podcast like to listen, download us there. Hey, maybe give a review. You can say, uh, I don't know, tell us we're great. Tell us we're okay. Tell us we hate San Diego state or we love San Diego state. Cause you can make it, you can write a comment and make it personally specific against one of us and praise us or hate either of us. If you'd like, Mo- right? mostly just tell us we're great though. Yeah. That, that's what I'm looking for. So tell us how good we are or whatever. Just listen, tell a friend or two and yeah. MWR.com is our good old website, Twitter, MWCWire, all that excellent stuff. And we'll be back, I guess soon. Maybe, Hey, if you're a quick on the subscribe button, maybe you'll get back to back podcast. We'll see.